Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Your host, Paul, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and the brand new book, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, now available on Audible. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to today's program. I'm really excited to bring on from Chicago, Mr. Producer. I feel like we need to play like the Chicago Bulls starting lineup uh, for uh, today's introduction. We actually have two guests today, guys. Uh, that is Joshua Gillow. He is from East Pennsylvania and from the Windy City, Chicago, Dwayne Wade. No, Dwayne Drohan is our guest today. I'm telling you, these guys know how to be a successful contractor. They have specialized in design build for a long time. They are very experienced and just, it's like drinking from a fire hose. You are in for an absolute treat in today's program. Now, today's episode is brought to us by our friends at Jobber. And here's the deal, guys. I was just talking to them. They really wanted to come to this year's GIE Plus Expo, but they are a Canada-based business. And I know a lot of the international companies, it's just difficult to bring that much equipment and crews internationally with everything going on. And so what they're going to do, in addition to sponsoring today's episode, they're going to sponsor a lot of events and things going on at GIE uh, to express their involvement in the community. However, they will not be able to actually attend in, uh, you know, physically be there. So we just wanted to say thank you to Jobber and all they do for this community. They are the business management software that I actually started using back in the summer of 2019 and really got onboarded with them, got my customers in their system. My favorite part of Jobber was getting my customers' cards on file. And so for that retaining work, I just have an agreement the first of the month, we're going to charge your card X amount of dollars. It makes it very, very convenient for the customer because all they have to do is one time put in their information and then I'll take it from there with integrity, obviously, to honor only charging their card when agreed upon. And that way, it's all simple. It's all easy. And many, many more benefits and features to Jobber. But it will streamline your business and uh, really help you to focus your time on what you need to focus on uh, so you're not sitting out there waiting on that old check in the mail. So without further ado, guys, enjoy. This is a true uh, treat to have my friends Joshua and Dwayne on the program. A couple of weeks ago, they had me on their program and they're sitting here firing me all these questions and the interviewer and me wanted to ask you guys questions. And so I was like, let's bring you back and uh, be on my show. So this time around, uh, Dwayne from Chicago, Joshua from Pennsylvania are going to share with us your stories and what you've learned along the way. So welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for Thank having you, us. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah. So Joshua, you're in Pennsylvania, correct? That is correct. And then Dwayne, you're over there in Chicago? Yeah, it's uh, we're a suburb. I say Chicago because everybody gets it, but we're about 30 miles outside the city. It's a town called Naperville. Okay. And then collectively together, you guys have a podcast that you do. Correct. Yes, correct. Yeah, we do. It's called Outer Spaces. Yeah, absolutely. So we can get into that a little later on in the um, program, but I want to hear your story and how you got into this industry. Cool. Wow. Dwayne, why don't you fire off first? <laughs> <laughs> Let me see if I can condense the story. You know what I mean? Like it, it's a lot. Um, 
Paul, just like everybody else, I think we all started from grassroots. You know, like when I was growing up, um, I would go take out trash for the little ladies in the neighborhood. And then it went from taking out trash to cutting their grass for like five bucks. You know what I mean? That was five that bucks. Was front yard, front yard and backyard. I mean, five bucks. Five bucks, dude. Dude, I was taking out the trash for two dollars. They used to give me the two dollar bills. It's pretty dope. And um, you, you know, then you just progress. Like my my father bought us some lawnmowers um for myself, my brother, and it was my younger brother and my cousin brother who lived with us. He's my cousin, but he's my brother because he lived with us. And um we all started cutting grass. And my whole concept was we sort of grew up in the hood in the beginning. Like yeah, you know, I was down the street from from um I forgot his name, uh Spicy G and all the dope dealers and stuff like that. So we were we weren't too far away from that. So my mom told my dad, like, you know, get these guys some lawnmowers, get them working. This is the way we can raise them and keep them out of trouble. And it worked. So, you know, we started cutting grass, cutting grass, and that grew up uh, to weed trucks and trailers. We were cutting grass at McDonald's accounts and all kind of stuff. And I remember I had a girlfriend and she came to the job site and she and I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this grass cut all my life. Like, you know, I mean, this is cool making money. I don't want to do this. So I took off, went to the Marine Corps um, while I was in the Corps, took architectural engineering, drafting. You I mean, went around the world, met a bunch of people, came back home. And the business is still going. They're still cutting grass. I'm like, man, they're getting bigger. So I branched off, met a guy at a trade show, told me he'll pay me 200 bucks if I got him a paver patio job. I didn't know what the hell a paver patio was. So I started asking all my clients. Um, one client says yes. He goes in there and makes $8,000 and in one week. And I cut her grass all year. And she can never pay me on time for $800. So I asked him, I'm like, dude, how do you do that? And so talk to him. He said, you know, I'm starting my business brand new. If you come work with me, we'll trade profits and uh, we'll go from there. So a whole year I worked with the guy, taught me how to market, taught me how to sell it, taught me how to install it. And after that year, I went off and started my own. And then, you know, all the mistakes, all the the poorness, the brokenness, the ups, the downs and everything. And um, that lasted for a while. Got scared, went out, sold cars for a while, came back in and started a company called a Paverstone Design Group. Took that company about nine years, took it a little bit over 6 million in sales in nine years. And I was like, okay, I'm on to something. I'm doing something. But I realized I did not want to be the contractor. I actually hated being the contractor. So shut that down. And I got into VizX Design Studios and this is all she wrote. Like this baby, I'm in love with it. I enjoy what I do every day. I live rock star days. Um, I'm in love with life, you know? So that's sort of how my life took off. Tell us a little bit more about what you're doing now. Um, just, it's a little bit more on the higher scales design manage. So we design, um, these really nice true outdoor living spaces. So meaning that the difference is when we see a backyard, we see the entire backyard, the entire space. So like, I'll see some guys lay a paper patio and they'll leave the old concrete steps or, uh, they'll leave a flower bed or something like that. We actually transform the whole space. So we'll come in, design the environment make it look and tie into the architectural connection of the home, a uh, very seamless styles. Um, we look at the three zones is what we work from is what we teach from our yes express program. Uh, so we have the dining area, the lounge area and the kitchen area. We design in those zones. And when the design is done, we actually sell, manage and install a job. So we find the right contractors, the right teams. We source the materials that we pick and then we go from there and do the installation for the job. 
That's fantastic. Well, we'll dive deep. I have a, I'm, I'm uh, taking notes here. So I got a lot of questions for you. I want to dive deeper into that story, but uh, this is my first time I ever think doing two at once. So bear with me here. Uh, I feel like the guy on TV we'll that's got the, got the two talking heads. It's going back and forth, you know? Um, so Joshua, let's introduce you. And then uh, Dwayne, I want to, I want to dive deeper into what you're doing now. And you just kind of passed over the transition there from your previous company. I want to hear, did you sell it? You just said, shut it down. Uh, uh, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit there I want to get into, but Joshua, go ahead and, and introduce yourself uh, real quick and let, let's hear your uh, story. Absolutely. Yeah. So I start uh, from the cornfields of Pennsylvania. Uh, at the age of five, my mother started the garden center. You know, we lived out in the sticks, not a whole lot around us. And I uh, started the garden center and grew up in that. I have a brother. He's about 18 months younger than me. And we just started, uh, she was growing plants and decided to start selling them and did that. Started, uh, you know, a business that way. And I figured out pretty quickly that I could go out in the field with my little red wagon and I could collect, uh, you know, interesting rocks and I could take them over and put them in the uh, sales area and uh, people would pick them up. They'd buy them. They'd give me, you know, a nickel, a quarter, whatever for them. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. Cause as a kid, you know, didn't have a lot of money. So I'm like, what the hell? This is great. So I pretty good profit margins, I, huh? Excellent profit <laughs> margins. Yes. And then uh, transferred into uh, potting up tiger lilies from along the highway or along the road where we were, and I'd sell them for a dollar. So I'm like, damn, this is, I'm now making money, you know, five, six years old. This is amazing. And uh, that kind of all started from there, grew up in that garden center uh, from that age of five, all the way up until my, you know, I'd say late teens, early twenties when I made a transition into my other company. But, you know, through that time, we learned the uh, hard work ethic. You know, we worked all those years. And we worked six, seven days a week. There was no time down. Like when you're working on a 10 acre facility like that, it was nonstop. And even if you sat down on a Saturday to just relax, you looked around, you saw more work that had to be done. So you just never stopped. It was like a farm without the animals is how I like to say it. Right. But, you know, in, in that entire time, we never got paid for our time being there and working because it was a family business. Right. That's what you do in a family business. You help out and you never wanted for anything. You know, we didn't grow up with, uh, you know, any extreme wealth or anything like that. But we had plenty of food. We always had good conversation. We always had what we needed. Right. So growing up in that model, then all of a sudden comes along around, uh, you know, graduating from high school, I go to architecture school, got a degree in architectural and mechanical engineering and said, you know, I don't want to be building houses and drawing houses. It's boring as hell, but I love the concept of the garden center and helping people find the right, you know, connection with the plant to the right spot, all of that stuff. But I love to build things too. I've always been curious about building and love building things. So I said, why don't we put the two together? And that's when my brother, father, and I started our first company called Timber Rock. It was a design uh, build company where we did just about anything. We started out with the proverbial pickup truck and a wheelbarrow that we had to borrow. And we would just get work wherever we could, pull weeds, whatever. But dude, from never making a paycheck to going to a client and saying, it'll be $1,000 to do something I can do in a day. Dude, that was like, I was rich. It was insane, right? I was like, oh my God, like, where could this go? So we just kept going with that and kept building. And then people would ask us to build other things. And then we started learning about how to do patios and it just started growing from there. And we buy equipment and hired people. And we did that for 15 years. Uh, and at the end of that 15 years, we were about eight uh, employees and doing just under a million in, in sales a year, uh, but it, the seasonal employees that way. Um, and it was, you know, I kept at 15 years, I was like, I want to hit past a million. I want to get past that line, but I didn't know. I didn't have the mindset at the time. I didn't know exactly how to do that. Um, and, and yeah. So anyway, 
Uh, fast forward then a little further in the future, I started Master Plan, which is my current design managed practice, where we design and manage projects, very similar to Dwayne's model. Uh, because what I found in the first 15 years of being in design build is that I was very limited by the talent that I could hire and hold in the company, right? And I had bigger ideas. I had bigger aspirations. I wanted not even just gigantic projects. That's not the point. The point is I like intricacy. I like efficiencies. I like to be able to tell a client we can do masonry. We can do paver, you know, patio. We can do masonry walls. We can do a fireplace. We can do all of these things, a deck, a roof. And I didn't have the manpower sitting around all the time waiting for that few times a year that would come up. So I realized if I started hiring craftsmen, we don't like to call them subcontractors, they're craftsmen, they're true craftsmen in their work to bring them in to do their part. We could then be the managers of the idea and, and the client experience is our focus, right? So we manage those two sides of the entire process. We manage all the monies, all that stuff. So doing that now, it's 10th year we've been doing that. Absolutely love it. It's built a team, very efficient team. We don't need a ton of people. That's the cool part about this model. It's very, um, yeah, it's a very efficient way to do it. Anyway, I've been building really cool spaces all over Eastern Pennsylvania here and been very blessed. Um, and then Dwayne and I came together and said, you know, we started talking about, you know, sales processes, things that we've, that we've figured out over the years and said, why don't we bring it to the, to the market? Why don't we teach people what we've learned in the last 25 years and we can teach them how to get away from all those broken bones and bruises and bloody noses that we took on for all the years. How can we help them avoid that and get to success faster? And that's when we started just express in order to be able to help our industry do that. And how do you uh, provide those solutions for guys listening right now? They're like, man, I, I want to learn this stuff. Yeah. So we actually have a, a program where we focus on the sales side of it. So when I say sales, we don't sell anything to anybody. Our main objective is to communicate. We help people buy what they're going to buy anyway. And we have a conversation, a deep conversation with them. So we can sift out the things that are nice to have versus the things they must have. So we're not wasting a lot of time in the sales process going out there on one direction, thinking they really want that pool deck and patio. And really what they want is, is a roof, a patio and a deck right? Whatever it might be like to, to be able to dig into the deeper, why they're doing the project, understand what budget is early on. Because one thing I found over the years is that we wasted a lot of time driving back and forth to clients who we thought were going to be dead ringers, right? You're like, dude, the phone call was amazing. We're going to go out. I'm going to line this thing up and go. It's a lot. As you get out there and then it's a complete waste. And it's a, it's a Friday night when you missed your kid's soccer game, or it's a Saturday morning when you have other things to do and you wasted half the day doing that. So we had to figure out ways in the past to do that in our business, we figured them out. Now it's a matter of we're so efficient. Now we have over 90% close rate. Wow. So it's like, we don't waste any time with people that are tire kicking. We have a process. It's a three-step process. We go through every client has to go through it. My mother would call me. She would go through it as well. Everything, everybody goes through this process. And when they do that, we then have a very high surety of bringing them in as a client. Can you guys give some tips to guys that experience those tire kickers, experience the vanity of going out and then coming back and going back. And then at the end of the day, it doesn't turn into any revenue. What's kind of some basic tips that you could give to someone listening, maybe just starting off putting in stone patio pavers and going out quoting jobs and, and they're familiar as I am with wasting time um, going out, quoting these jobs and then not landing them. Josh, I think you should answer this because I'm a little harsh at this process, and I think you, you you're a little softer and eloquent at this. I, I want to hear. I, I want to hear no. both. I want to hear both sides of this. Absolutely. So I'm going to start you off with one, Paul. So, are you married? No, sir. Okay. 
So just imagine you were, okay? And anybody listening, if you're married, you'll understand this. If you're going to spend in your backyard. Do you think you're the one that's going to be the sole decision maker on that? Or do you think possibly your wife or husband might want a say in that or might have a say in that? What do you think? Yeah, the spouse is definitely going to be in on that final decision. So why is it that the one person calls into your office, right? Always, we call them the bird dog. They're the ones that are doing all the research, the ones that are reaching out, making sure there's viability. Somebody's elected in the uh, in that uh, relationship to do that work, right? Let's just call it the wife is going to reach out. What makes you think that you're going to be able to sell the wife and get all the information you need on that phone call without the husband being part of it? What makes you think that having that conversation with her and then jumping in your truck and running out and sitting down in the backyard and talking to her about what she wants And then maybe there's a design involved. Eventually there's a proposal involved that you're going to just present it to her. Do you think that he has any involvement in this? You think that his opinion might have something to do with the decision that's going to be made? hundred percent. Right. So why the hell are you guys going out to people's houses while only talking to one person? Because you want to make it easy and get out there and just put your award-winning personality in front of this person. And they're going to be like, oh yeah, wow, sign me up. Why do you think that works? I wish we had this conversation 10 years ago, Joshua. Hey, I wish I had it 10 years earlier than <laughs> I realized. A lot. Trust me. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, oh man, where was this nine, 10 years ago? Can keep going? Absolutely. So part of our process is we teach you how to get both underlined, boldface, both decision makers on our discovery call, which is in your office before you ever leave your office. And at that discovery meeting, which is where your boots on site, your client should have to go through a couple of obstacles to get your time. And if they cannot move through those obstacles and they're simple obstacles, but move through those obstacles, they are not going to be a good fit for you. It's that simple because they're looking for a warm body to show up and do the work. And your warm body is worth less than everybody else's that came in. They're always going to drive you to the bottom as far as cost. If they want you, they will follow a process to get you. We teach you that process. So you never have to waste another Friday evening or Saturday morning when you can be with your family or shall I even say it, plan a vacation and get away to enjoy all your hard work. Instead, you chase that one person who basically dragged you down the hallway and waste your time. Do you come home ready to relax after a hard day's work and find that your bookkeeping demands your time? Truth be told, you can't give it your full energy or focus. It just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you. It's costing you good decision-making and your peace of mind. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping provides a bookkeeping solution to landscapers that is guaranteed to give you back your time and your peace of mind. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute call. Don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished. Let us take care of your green so you can take care of theirs. Schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com. 
Sparks, the GIE Expo 2021. And you're going to be there, so... While you're visiting, you've got to attend Influencer Live. Powered by Kohler. On Friday, October 22nd at 8 a.m. This is the first live audience podcast where you can laugh and learn from the top names in our industry's community. With the big names. Like Naylor, Kalia Farrow, Paul Jameson, and Caleb Alvin. With guests like Alan Hain, the Lawn Care Nut, Corey Ballard, Sean and Savannah Spencer, and Jason Creel. Don't miss out on this opportunity to reconnect with your community at Influencer Live. Powered by Cooler. If that's the soft version, what's the harsh version, Dwayne? <laughs> <laughs> I have, um, and I guess we're both the same version. It's just the way I'm a little stricter. I, I may be speaking stricter, but I say it nicely. But I'm the guy, if you ever taking your car in for auto repairs and say you need some new brake pads and they call you up and the rotors are bad, okay, and they give you a choice. Well, the difference is with me, I guess the harsher version is I'm not giving you a choice. So if your car comes to my mechanic shop and it needs new brake pads and I see the rotors are bad, we're replacing the rotors or your car can get off the rack and we're gone. We're, we're not doing business. And so that's the harsher side of when I say the hard version is uh, when I look at the backyard or I look at a property and they call us up for one thing, but I see the environment needs to be changed or um, it needs to be changed. I'm changing it all or nothing or nothing. And the way we look at this is, and actually I, I learned this from Josh. I think, I don't know for sure if, if this is true, but I think I'm Josh's first student. Yep. And the Yes Express. Um, I was the guinea pig. He called me and he actually treated me like a student. It wasn't it wasn't OBS. Um, I think it took 12 weeks, um, the process. And we've now condensed it down to seven. But I was 12 weeks of the process. He actually wasn't nice to me. Sort of pisses me off a little bit now because he's nice to the students, but he wasn't nice to me. <laughs> I mean, he was a little, little tough and rough to me, but that's sort of messed up. But um, what the process is, and it's very deep, is that we, we start asking questions early. Um, instead of just getting the phone call and saying, hey, I'll be out there tomorrow at such and such time, we start asking questions like, you mean, do you enjoy your house? What do you like about your house? Do you like where you live? Were you, was this where you were born? What's the favorite thing about this place? And we start writing that information down. And when that's all done, then, we, then that's the first qualification. Do they pass that test? You mean then after that, what would be a red flag just in that brief uh, questionnaire original? Is there a red flag if, if they if one of their answers is something you're like, oh, uh, you know, and you're pivoting out of there real fast. Is there any of those oh, you have that really? early on? If you're shopping me, I'm out. If you say you had other contractors out, and you're just trying to get processes out. Hey, guys, thank you. Uh, thanks for calling us up. But we don't we don't do bid wars or anything. We're, we're a design based company. So if you don't understand what we're doing, I'm out quick gone um if you can tell somebody has an angry attitude and if anybody like i have a strict rule i don't even have this written on my wall in the office but i i don't want to do it because i don't want negativity but if anybody bad mouths anybody in my staff my contractors my office managers anybody they're fired that client is fired they're gone so um my staff is the most important piece of the entire business everybody who works for us our contractors um, our office people, they're all important, more important than a client, and we take care of them. So if anybody bad mouths, if there's any rudeness, uh, they're gone. Now, if we're in the middle of a job and there's some stuff going through, I'll actually have a conversation with the client. We have what you call DEFCON 3, like the military. We'll put that client in that, in that position, and then everybody will know that that client is not the, the only person who's supposed to talk to them is either me or the contractor, and we'll get the job done because there's money on the line. But we even look for that. If you don't have the right attitude, 
if we're looking for, I guess the best way to do this is we're not looking for a transaction. We're looking for a transformation. And every single client we work with is they're looking to transform their lives, their backyard, just their who they are as a being. And I'm just not looking for a quick check or a quick job. You guys would not believe, Josh and I, we talk about this, but it would blow you away at how much money I turn down on a monthly basis. It will blow you away. Josh and I have conversations. He's like, Dwayne, you may have to start taking some of them. And I'm like, I've been going on for like two years at this pace and the company's getting bigger. It's getting stronger. So the why that we set in place is it's working. So I say no to a lot. Matter of fact, the company's called Yes Express, but I pretty much call it No Express. And <laughs> when I see stuff come in, I sort of look at the leads and paperwork and I say to myself, good luck, because you got you got some hoops to jump through before you get to for before we start doing work with you. Wow. So after, after those original questions, do you enjoy the house? Were you born in this house? Those preliminary questions and, and you don't hear any red flags that, you know, well, we had a few other guys to come out and give us a quote. They're gone. You know, they're sitting there bad mouthing, whatever they're gone. They make it past all that. What, what, what's kind of your pivot from there to, to get them into someone actually showing up on their property and, and moving forward with um, giving them a, the, the transformation. That's a, that's a great question. So our process is basically three, we'll call it three stages. First stage is about building rapport. It's about asking good how and what questions. That's what it's all about. The first part is not about you telling about your stupid dog or how you just got back from vacation or how awesome it is that the, you know, the, the subdivision that they lived in that your best friend lived there for 25 years and tell them about all the fun stories you had in their back. Like so many people want to vomit their life story on a new client. I was guilty of it for years. I thought I needed to fill silence or fill the space with my story so that they knew more about me. But you know what? That is the absolute wrong approach. Client is calling you because they want to be heard. They want an environment to be heard and understood. That's all they want. They don't want to hear about what you did this weekend. The last time you went out to a restaurant, they don't care. Let's put it that way. What they want to know is, can you help them? So the big beginning, the first part, our stage one or act one of it is all about asking great questions like Dwayne alluded to and getting deeper into the project. Now, we are not going to lead with budget. We are not going to lead with a bunch of other stupid questions that are not in the right order. Because think about it. Are you going to go out? All right, Paul, you go out on a date, right? Are you going to go out on this date? You've met this girl online. Let's just say you swipe right, swipe left, whatever you found this one. We're going out on a date, first date. You get there. You sit down with this person. You say, hi, I'm Paul. She says something back, whatever. And you're like, all right, cool. Now that we have an introduction, you ready to head to the hotel room? Seriously, are you going to do that? No. Of course you're not going to do that. Right? So why would you say... And I see it a lot in our industry. Why would somebody say, hey, I'm Joshua. Great to meet you. What's your budget? That is an intimate conversation. That is something that requires time to build trust and to build an understanding between two people. They're not going to give you a reasonable or an actual budget if you ask so early in the beginning. So you need to build that trust, build that rapport through a conversation until it's the right time where you can ask it and you'll actually get a much more accurate and truthful 
response to it. So that's why we bury that deeper into our conversation. So act one is all about them talking about them. Then we go into what we call about me, which is where you get the opportunity. And we work one-on-one with our students to develop this about me. So it's perfect for their company, but basically says, who are you as a company? And why the hell should I care as a client? What does it mean for me? Because most of the guys like, hey, I've been doing this 25 years. I install paper patios. Ours are the best. They have a three-year warranty. You won't get any weeds. Where just Can you sign my document here? The client has to figure out, what does that mean for me? That's the number one question, Paul, that we all run in our heads constantly. What does it mean to me? What's in it for me? So you need to turn your conversation around with them and show them as fast as possible exactly what benefits they get from this transformation. Again, we don't do transactions at Dwayne's point. You want transformation. That mindset alone will change the way you approach your business. So if you're going into the transformation, you're here as a guide to help them on their journey through this process. You do the about me section. We figure out, you explain to them exactly how you are different and why it may, why they should care and show them the value value stack, all that stuff is built in there. Again, we work hand on hand with our clients to do that, our students to do that, to make sure we nail it just for them. Because every company is different. Not everyone's the same. Then from there, we get into topics like budget. Now we've earned the right to understand who they're you know, talking to right now. Now it's a matter of getting into the more intimate details. And that's where we talk about that. We unlock. It's one of the easiest things we teach our students to do is to be able to leave each call with a, an actual budget. And at that point, you have the choice. Do you want to proceed? Does the budget seem fair? You know, if you're thinking it's going to be a $20,000 project and their budget's 20 to 30,000, that's good. No big red flags. But what happens when it's $5,000 their budget and it's a $20,000 ask that they're asking for, then what do you do? We'll actually teach you how to do what's called a graceful exit. A graceful exit is how you can say no and preserve the integrity of yourself and of your client. And on top of that, get referrals. From telling no to clients, you can actually get referrals. And we do it all the time. It's incredible. Because remember, you're a guide. If you're not a good fit, show them who is. It doesn't have to be you. That's really good. right? And this all comes down or all happens on a 20-minute phone call before you ever put the keys in the ignition or spend one penny in gas. You do all that in your office. And then once this client goes through the end of our process, we ask them both because we do charge for our design services. I know Dwayne does too. We ask them both because both of them, to the other point in the earlier part of the podcast, both of them are on this call and both of them have to agree to our design fees. If they don't both agree to a design fee, if they push back, there's another red flag. Just tell them, hey, when you guys are ready, talk it over. You know what our next step is when I'm coming out to do my meeting, boots on the ground to walk around. I'm expecting to talk through this entire process with you, go over a bunch of ideas, make sure everything's as expected. And uh, we're here to collect a check and get started with this process. So hundred percent of the time for both of y'all, once you put the key in ignition, you drive over their boots on the ground, you're going to get paid hundred percent of the time, whether they accept the proposal or not, that process of you taking the time to measure and design and all of that is going to be compensated hundred percent of the time. So, uh, te- well, technically, let me just jump in here quick. Technically, when we go out, they know exactly what's coming next. We're setting expectations. It's when they're surprised that they recoil and disappear. So when they know it's going to cost, let's say $3,000 for the design or a range, two to 3,000, whatever, 500 to 1,000, doesn't matter. When they know that and they both agree to it, 
and you go out there, you have at least a 90% chance of bringing home the first step, which is the design fee and get all, you know, get started with that entire thing. Um, so 90% is where I want to be at. Cause there are still some people who can lie their ass off to get you out there for free ideas. It does happen. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's impossible. So there's nothing hundred percent of the time, but 90% of the time you're walking away with that check. And what that does is that triggers all the other stuff that happens, like the measurements and the township reviews and all in the design itself and the budget study, all of that is covered in that piece. And then once they're ready to move forward with, and they've approved the design and the budget study, then we do all our final pricing and final uh, drawings and things like that. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that part one with Joshua and Dwayne. Yes, indeedy. We are going to bring them back on the program next week. Very early next week, we'll have them back on for part two. And so we appreciate them taking time out of their full schedule to join us for the show. And they'd like to meet you in person. They're going to be at the GIE Plus Expo. Let's see here, Marty. We have their booth at 25,012. And so for those of you coming for the first year, you're like, what does that mean, Paul? Well, each booth has a number. So there's the thousand and it goes into 2000 range and you know 25,000 I think it even goes beyond that and so long story short as you're at the show let's say a booth Vermeer for example is 7,138 so then you look for that with the numbering system and then you find them right is 3,094 I'm I'm sprinkling these off because I actually have my list of 30 uh, booths that I want to go to Uh, Walker 11,142 and so anyway my little strategy here is what I'm doing is I'm clustering them in where, you know, um, for example, Isotunes is 25,090. So they're going to be right next to 25,012 where Joshua and Dwayne are going to be. So I'm going to make my map so that I'm efficient. Efficiency is everything. Route density at GIE, baby. <laughs> I tell you what, I, uh, I I do not have any time to waste because the show opens Wednesday at three. I'll actually be at Toro that night from, uh, for two hours from three to five. And then Thursday, I got a lot of commitments. Friday, I got commitments. So I only have little little small windows where I can actually explore the boost for myself. So I got I to gotta be on top of that. So I say all that to say, uh, if you are at GIE, stop by booth 25012. Tell Joshua and Dwayne that you enjoyed listening to them on the Green Industry Podcast. That means a lot. It helps us to book these big-time guests uh, when they really um, – find out you know man a lot of people are listening to this green industry podcast and uh it definitely helps us out because we're going to bring you guys the best content possible so already well thank you to joshua and Dwayne for um being on today's program stay tuned for part two next week and if you guys have not already registered for the gie plus expo you can save yourself uh, 50 off uh, with promo code paul so you're coming down to the absolute last minutes here if you're listening to this in real time but you still can save 50 off uh 50 off. That's with promo code Paul. That link will be in today's show notes. Smash that follow. And uh, we hope that you'll join us for part two with Joshua and Dwayne coming up early next week. This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production.